Bible Church, if you're glad you can be here on Baptism Sunday, say yeah. yeah. Woo, I'm telling you, you can. This is going to be an awesome, awesome day. You, I'm, I'm just... I'm just saying, it's going to be great. Well, guys, this is part four, the conclusion of our NLC Heroes series. And for the last few weeks, we've been talking about the reality that God wants each and every one of us to be heroes. Now, here's the problem, that for a lot of us, we, we don't think of ourselves as a hero. We don't, we don't think of ourselves as fitting in that heroic category. And yet, when we look in the Word of God, the Bible, when we look at the words of Jesus, what we begin to discover, what we've been discovering for the last few weeks is that the Bible defines a hero completely different than say, the world, the way our world does today. And so we're talking about that. And, and I love the fact that for so many of us over the last few weeks, we've been able to, to see ourselves uh, differently than maybe we ever have before. And today, as we conclude this series, finally, our, our fourth installment, we're going to be talking about the fact that being all in is heroic. That according to the Bible, this, this concept of living our life all in is heroic. Being all in is heroic. Uh, let me ask you a quick question. Anybody roller coaster lovers out there? Come on, put your hands up, wave them because you really don't care. Okay, anybody? All right, good. Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a huge roller coaster lover, but I married one. And so my wife is like, what a, you know, like I heard about this one family recently who they've made it their goal to ride every roller coaster in the United States. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, that would be like my wife would fit in that category. So a couple of summers ago, we were vacationing in Minnesota, and uh, we went to the Mall of America, and it was June, and it was, it was perfect because they have a, like an amusement park inside of Mall of America, and uh, it was like the first sunny day that Minnesota had seen like all year, so all of the Minnesotans were outside, and it was like 78, so guys, you know, I, we were freezing. I mean, we, it was like cold. It was cold, so we're like, let's go to the mall, so we got the all-day pass, for the amusement park at Mall of America. And so, I mean, we could just ride like crazy. So they have this roller coaster at the Mall of America called the Orange Streak. And it's, a, it's not a big roller coaster. It doesn't go upside down or anything. But it, it's got a couple of big hills on it. You know, it goes all the way through, you know, the, the, the whole inside of the Mall of America. And so we had our, our boys with us, and they were eight and five at the time. And so we had them uh, with us, and we're like, guys, let's go on the Orange Streak, you know. And I'm all, like, faking, like, I like this. And I'm like, come on, guys. Be a man, be a killer, roll, you know, and on the inside I'm like, I want to read a book. <laughs> but my wife is like, come on, sissies. So we go up on the horse streak and we're standing there because it was just us and the guys who were running the thing. And so we're all the Minnesotans, remember they're outside, don't you know? And so we were there, <laughs> the Floridians rule, woo, MOA, baby. And so we're there and, and we're standing and like you can see as we get close to the, to the, you know, the roller coaster and we're standing on the platform, like my kids are like... What's what's going on right now? And I'm like, come on, boys, don't do this. Don't make Daddy cry again. And, and so there are my kids, you know, standing on the platform, and like the, the you know the orange streak is sitting there, and it was like that feeling of oh, okay. And so my kids, you know, kind of step off the platform into like this great adventure that mommy and daddy say is so cool and so awesome. And you got, you're going to love riding roller coasters. And so they, they get in, you know, and we buckle our kids in and we, the lap bar comes in. And we're like, this is for your own good. And you know, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts type of thing. And so my kids are like, wow. And you know, isn't it funny because a life is a lot the same way, isn't it? Like there's this moment in time in our life where we're standing on the edge of just this great adventure. We're standing on the edge of just like this incredible experience. And yet in that moment, like our stomach turns, like we're doing the vow next, next week. And guys, I can't tell you how, how much, how important this series is. 
in the life of your marriage or the marriage of, of a friend across the street or a coworker. Guys, get them here. Get them here next week. So, you know, like, but you know what I'm talking about? Like, guys, some of us, it's like dating, yeah, I'm cool, I'm good. And all of a sudden, she starts putting a little pressure on you to put a ring on her finger, and you're like, oh. You like back up on the platform, right? You're like, I don't know if I'm up for the ride of the, my life right here, right? It's kind of that, that feeling. Or for some of us, maybe it's a, it's, a, it's a career thing. And we look at our career, and, you know, we, we complain about our job. We despise our job. We hate getting up in the morning to go to our job. And we always dreamed of this, like, dream job, this dream opportunity. And all of a sudden, God opens it up for us. And we find ourselves in where we're like, uh, and we kind of get that uneasiness as we're stepping off the platform from one job. You know, we know that tomorrow morning we got to go in and resign our position so that we can pursue this adventure, so we can pursue this thing. And our faith is the same way. See, as we study the pages of Scripture, what we begin to discover is Jesus says, listen, if you want to be a hero, if you want to, if you want to experience this incredible adventure, this roller coaster of faith, if you will, at some point you've got to step off the platform and step wholeheartedly both feet into the car. So if you brought your bulletin, let me just encourage you, I want to share three quick thoughts with you about this idea of living all in. And here's the first one, watch. According to the Bible, according to Jesus, the only way for us to truly live is to live all in. The only way for us to truly live out our faith, the only way for us to truly tap in to the full potential of our life, the only way is not to stand with one foot on the platform and one foot in the car. No, the only way to truly live our life up to the full potential God has for us, you guys, is for us to live all in. Matter of fact, in the book of Revelation, Jesus is writing... He's writing to a church specifically called the church at Laodicea in this city. And he writes to them. And look at what he says in Revelation chapter 3. Look at, look at these verses. This is incredible. Verse 15. He's writing to them and he says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. But because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Okay, when you go back to the original language that the book of Revelation was written in, you know what that phrase, spit you out of my mouth, actually means? Vomit. It's true. Hurl. Spew. Lung butter. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. Come on, dude. Come on. It's not funny. Now you're just being gross. Yep. Look, here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying to us, listen, the only way to truly live out your faith, the only way to truly live life and get the most out of it like all of us dream is possible is to either get hot or get cold. But this whole business of being lukewarm is not going to work so much so that Jesus says, listen, it makes me want to vomit. When I look down and I see somebody with one foot on the platform or one foot in the roller coaster, it makes me want to throw up. He says, I would rather that you either get in or get out, get on the platform or get in the car, but you can't stand with one foot in each. The only way to truly live is to live all in. That's the only way. In the summer of 92, after my junior or uh, sophomore year of high school, I went with the German club to, uh, to Europe 
for, for 12 days, and it was a sightseeing trip, the whole deal. And we went all over Europe. I mean, we went to, to Spain. Uh, we didn't go to Spain. We went to France. Um, we went to Austria. We went to Germany. We went to Luxembourg. Come on, somebody. Give it up for Luxembourg, the forgotten European little bitty dot right there. We went to, I think I was sleeping that day when our bus went. They're like, hey, dude, we just left Luxembourg. Darn it. <laughs> I missed it. Never happened again. Okay, and we're there. And here's the thing that I learned, at least this is the way it was back in 92 when we were there. And, and that is that Europeans don't drink their, their sodas like, like cold like we do. So we would be out sightseeing all morning, you know, doing a deal and come in and we're hot and sweaty and thirsty. And we get in to a restaurant or, or a bistro or whatever. And, you know, it's like we'd order, you know, Ein Coke, <laughs> Bitter <laughs> type of thing. And they'd bring like this, this for those of you who don't speak German, <clears throat> like I do, uh, that was one Coke, please. Uh, that's what I said right there. I know. I know. Is there no end? I know. Okay. So we'd order like a Coke and they would bring it like room temperature or I'm like, did you get this out of the trunk of your car? Because this is disgusting. So then at this one place, we, I think we're in Paris, Paris, see, see? It's practically fluent right there. And I'm like, one Coke, please, we, or we, or whatever I need to say, we, we, give me Ein Coke, baby. And they bring you a Coke. And I'm like, okay, can I get some ice? And no lie, this girl brings back a, a glass with one ice cube in it. I'm like, is that a joke? Okay, I'm just immature enough to get all up in your business. What are you doing? Bringing me one ice cube, that's just enough ice to make this absolutely disgusting. It tasted like vomit, spit you out, right? I'm like, what? That's nasty, dude. Don't bring me like garage temperature Coke. It's disgusting. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, listen, I don't want your faith to be lukewarm. Either get in or get out, get hot or get cold, but you can't live with one foot in both worlds. And is it possible that for some of us, the reason why we can't gain traction in terms of influencing those people who are outsiders of the faith in our workplace or in our family or in our home or in, a, in our relationships is because we're living a lukewarm existence and the world is looking on going, dude, I'm not sure that this tastes too good. I, I, you keep telling me you want me to experience this and taste this. Listen, this kind of just tastes nasty to me. Here's the second thought about this idea of living all in. Number two, living all in means leaving something behind. See, guys, anytime we go headlong into something, we have to leave something else behind. Let's go back to the roller coaster illustration. There's only one way to ride a roller coaster. You know what that is? All in. There's only one way to ride a roller coaster, and that is all in. You can't stand with one foot on the platform and one foot in the car and expect to have a good ride. Matter of fact... They won't even allow the train to leave the station when someone's like that. And is it possible that there are some of us who are looking at our Christian experience going, man, I don't know what the big deal's all about. I don't get it. I don't, what? I don't know. Is it possible that some of us have so never left the platform and the things of this world to a degree that, that we've got one foot in both? And guess what? Jesus will not allow the roller coaster to leave the station until we're either in or out. And so some of us are looking around going, I don't see what the big deal about roller coasters is. Let me tell you what the big deal is. You have to get all the way in to ride the ride. And yet some of us 
are living in this, uh, on one foot in this and one foot in that. And what? Listen, no. When Jesus, and these verses aren't even going to be able to be on the screen because I just found these last night. In Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus first calls the, the early disciples, Simon and Peter and Andrew, and he walks up to them on the beach. Remember this? Some of us remember this from Sunday school, like the flannel graph deal. Okay, so picture some flannel. There it is, blackboard. There it is. Okay, boom, now you're tracking. And some of us remember, and he walks up down the beach. And he sees Simon and Andrew, and they're fishing with their father in the father's business. And he says to them, listen, you've been fishing and fishermen for a long, long time, but come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Remember that? And the very next thing it says is, and they left their nets. The first thing they do when they decide to follow Jesus is leave something. They had to leave it. Fast forward a couple of years. And Jesus is starting to tighten the screws on his teaching because he understands that, that those who are following him, the 12, and then there was a whole other category of, of believers and followers of him at the time, following along. And he starts, his, his teachings start getting harder and harder and harder. He keeps turning the dial up, turning the dial up, so much so that people start to bail out on him. And people who had been following Jesus for a period of time start falling away. Look at it in Matthew 19. It says this. I'm sorry, in John chapter 6. Verse 66, he says, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And then look at verse 67. I, looked, I love this. He looks right at the 12 and he, he asks him this question. You want to leave me too? He asks the 12. He starts looking at everybody going, this is too hard. It's too much. I, I, I don't know that I'm, I signed up for all this roller coaster life. I, I, I feel like there's more logic. There's, there's simpler back on, on the land. And he looks at his disciples and he says, you guys going to bail out too? And then I love Simon Peter's response. Simon Peter, the same guy who a couple of years earlier felt called and responded and left something. Look what he says. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, where are we going to go? To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal Life. Peter understood Jesus. There's nowhere else. Jesus, we're all in, baby. Both feet off the platform, into the car. Lab belt buckled up. Lab bar come down. Jesus, we got hands up all the way, baby. Where else are we going to go? Peter understood that to fully enjoy and experience the adventure of faith, he had to fully leave the platform. Can that be said of us? Can that be said of you and I, that in our faith, we have fully left the platform behind? Or are we kind of like doing one of these deals? No, Jesus, I swear I'm in. No, I'm in. I just tap my foot every, just, just a little bit, just every once in a while back in the world. Just that one Friday night when they all go out and they party and it's, it's, it's singles night, Lord. Number three, living all in means embracing something new. All the way. All the way. Listen, here's the great part. Once we finally decide to leave the old life behind and step into this roller coaster of faith, this adventure of faith that God has for us, once we finally decide to get in and buckle up, lap bar down, hands up all the way, it opens up a whole new world for us. So there we are at the MOA. And my kids are sitting there looking at us and my wife and I going, are you going to kill us? Why did you do this? You know, we're like, it's okay, guys. And we buckle them in. The lap bar comes down. And then, you know what? I'm like the little, the guy working, he goes, you know, please keep all hands, arms inside. And please enjoy your day here at Mall of America. And then the air brakes release. You know what I'm talking about? That feeling on a roller coaster. And they go, 
and you're like, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. And my kids are kind of looking at Sarah and I, and I'm looking at Sarah. And she's like, come on, hands up. And my kids are like this, and daddy's like this, and we're holding on, and it takes off. And then the clicking starts, you know what I'm talking about? It's like click, 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 and you're like, we're going to die. We're not going to die, kids. We're going to die. And we go up the hill, and then all of a sudden it goes down the first hill. And we go flying down this hill, and we get around, and it spins, and it goes up to this one little plateau. And I look over at my kids, and they're both just like, woo, this is awesome. Yeah. And I'm like holding on still. And my wife is hands off, you know. Listen, my kids rode like every roller coaster at Mall of America all day long. We ended up riding Orange Street like eight times all day. And they're like, come on, guys. We came back this past summer and we had some friends with us. And my boys are looking at those these two little girls that this couple have. And they're like, come on, you have to ride Orange Street. It's so awesome. It's like Mountain Dew on wheels. Woo! You have to go. And then they're like dragging other people on. They're like, come on, Mama, Dad, you got to go. You got to go. And we just, they, we went to Bush Gardens. And they're like the corkscrew one. They're like, come on, Dad. You're, I'm like, no, guys, I'm good. I'm just going to sit here on this bench and read my book. They're like, come on, Dad. Don't be a sissy. Mom rides. Oh. Man card. What? Listen, once my kids got over the fear and got both feet off the platform and locked into the roller coaster with their seatbelt on, lap bar down, hands up all the way, they've experienced a whole new dimension and adventure. And I believe the very same thing is true in our faith as well. That there are far too many of us living with one foot on the platform and one foot in the car, looking around at our life going, I don't see what the big deal is. I don't get it. Where's the great adventure God promised? Listen, Jesus won't even let you leave the station until you declare, I'm all in. Being all in means embracing something new all the way. And guys, listen, in about two minutes, we're going to dismiss people out to be baptized. And every person that we're going to watch be baptized today, listen, this is what they're saying. This is what they're declaring. They're declaring, Jesus, I am all in, and I don't care who knows about it. Jesus, I am all in. I'm no longer standing on the platform of my life. I am standing wholeheartedly, locked in, on the roller coaster of faith. I'm going all the way, and I don't care who knows it. But here's what I believe. I believe that Jesus is calling each and every one of us to be all in as well. So what does that mean? Well, first of all, I think that means that, listen, if you're not in relationship with God, now this is where it starts. It starts with salvation. Being all in starts at that moment where we say, Jesus, I embrace you. I accept what you did on the cross for me. Listen, baptism is a beautiful picture, as Pastor Scott said a couple minutes ago, of what Jesus did for us. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. See, it's sin that separates us from God. It's sin that keeps us fallen, broken, frail humanity from being in relationship with the God of the universe. And God knew that, so he sent Jesus to this earth to die on a cross, and he was buried in a tomb. That's the picture of baptism, being buried into the tomb, and then being resurrected to new life, not in our own power, not in our own strength, resurrected in the power of the cross, in the power of Jesus that we've been singing about, that we overcome. Why? Let's, let, me, let me say this. Jesus did not come to resuscitate us. He came to resurrect us. Listen, Jesus didn't come so we could all just be nice, so we could all just be better people and do good things. That is not why Jesus came. 
Jesus came to bring forgiveness for the sin of mankind that separates you and I from God, from the God of the universe. That's why he came. That's what baptism's about, baby. And listen, if you've never accepted that, then this is your moment. What a better time than Baptism Sunday to put your faith in Christ. 10-4, Roger, October 4th. This is your day to say yes. Matter of fact, right now, can we just bow our heads real quick? Listen, if that's you, if you've never accepted Christ, or maybe you have, and you're a long way from that commitment, you're a long way from your life being right, I want to give you an opportunity right now to make your heart right. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. When I hit three, will you just slip your hand up right now? One, two, three. Awesome. This is, thank you. Wow. Awesome. Others of you across this room, once you put it up, you can put it back down. Great. Great. Thank you. Anybody else? Come on. This is your chance to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. That which separates me from you. Begin a relationship with you. Great. Thank you. Other people? Awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. This is your day. 10-4. Baptism Sunday. This is your chance. Is there anybody else? Awesome. God, you see so many hands that were raised just now. And Father, I pray. I pray for each and every one of these people who have lifted their hand today, Jesus, to say, we are far from you, but we want to be brought near. And Lord, we know the way to do that is to accept what you did for us on the cross, your death, burial, and resurrection power. We ask you to come alive in us, Lord. Would you forgive us of our sin? And would you begin a relationship today? God, begin a relationship today in our hearts. Father, that's our prayer. The second challenge for us, amen, amen. Look, look up for a sec. Because the second challenge for us is this. Number one, if, if you're not a Christian, you can receive salvation. But secondly, this is Baptism Sunday, baby. So guess what? It's baptism time. And I know we've had a number of you sign up for this, but guess what? Right now, it's spontaneous. It is on like Donkey Kong. Listen, if you have never been baptized, remember when Donkey Kong, he does the power thing or whatever, and he gets all big, and he's like, that's what I'm talking about. It's on right now. Because we're going to baptize people right outside those doors. And and so here's what I'm going to do. Listen, if you are signed up or God is speaking to your heart right now, This is your next step. Jesus said over and over again throughout the New Testament, repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. What was he trying to get the point across? That we're to repent and be baptized. Listen, if you've never been baptized, then this is your day. We got t-shirts. We got shorts. Ladies, we got makeup remover for crying out loud. Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. Listen, how great of a story will it be? I came to church and went home all wet. I'm telling you. Guys, this could be your day. All right, so here's what we're going to do. If you're gonna, if you want to be baptized, get up right now, right where you're seated. Come on, get up. Come on, get up right now. Dismiss yourself out. Come on. Come on. Listen. Some of us. Let me. Let me just speak to the men for a second. Husbands, listen, one of the most courageous things you can do for your spouse, for your family, for your marriage is right now to get up out of your seat and go and and get on a a baptism shirt because they're cool and that's how we roll. Get on a baptism shirt and and say to your wife and your kids, I'm all in with Jesus. Some of us need to do that. Moms, some of us need to do that. We need to lead by example and say, I'm going to do it. So listen, the whole time while I'm talking right now, if God speaks to you, you get up because I think there are more of us. There are more of us who need to spontaneously get up and be baptized right now. 
What are you waiting for? Well, I don't know. People will think it's weird and people will Listen, there will never be a better, more exciting electric environment for you to get baptized in than right now. We all love you. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's what I'm talking about. Come on. Woo, come on. Don't just cheer, get up. <laughs> come on. Some of us, I'm telling you, your life will be changed forever by taking this step. So seriously, we got another few minutes here before they're all ready. Guys, listen, just get up. Just go do it. You know why? Because Jesus commanded us. And he said, this is that public display where we let the world know. Yeah, well, I don't, why do we have to get baptized in water? Why can't, okay, listen, here's the deal. When you create your world and then save it, you can have people do whatever they want. But until that point, which I don't think is probably going to happen too soon, we'll do what Jesus said. How's that sound? Get on up and get there. All right, now, people are doing that, and I've, I've hammered you enough. Listen, here's the deal. All right, all right. Let me zoom back in on us for a second, you guys, and here's the reason why. Because I talked about the fact that some of us have been living with one foot on the platform and one foot in the roller coaster, and we can't figure out why it's not working. Here's what I think. I think that right now hundreds, hundreds of us have been holding out on Jesus. We've been holding out. And we got everybody buffaloed. We got everybody fooled. But the truth is, in our heart, we know we've only committed about 90%. We've only committed about 94%. We've only committed about 98%. And there's this one little area. There's this one little thought life. There's this one, one little thing. And we've been holding it. We've been holding back. And listen, here's what I think. I think that God has brought us here to this place for a reason. And that reason is because he wants us to be all in. That he is saying to us, you will never experience the life I have for you. You will never experience the great adventure I have for you until you go 100% in. Let me see if I can illustrate this. Wives, let me ask you a question. How do you think you feel if your husband came to you this week and said, hey, baby, you know, I've been thinking about 2010 and I got an idea. In 2010, I'm going to be 98% committed to you. No, 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 baby, listen, listen. Don't freak out yet. Listen, 357 of the 365 days, I'm yours. I'm yours. Baby, baby, you're worth it. I love you. I'm committed to you 357 out of the 365 days. Wives, what are you going to do? The answer, slap him silly, right? It's like, no, no, why? Because that's not commitment. That's not all in. We can't just be like, well, you know, God, 357. No, either we're all in or we're not. And for some of us, we have been doing the very same thing to God. God, I'm yours, 98%, baby. You got me. Except for this one little area. And in the next minute or two, I know that God wants to deal, and he's dealing already with many of us, that we need to step across that line, all in, into the car. And then there's a second group of us, though. Because, see, there are some of us who have left the platform and we're in the car, but here's the thing. We want to ride the roller coaster our way. We're like, yeah, Jesus, not really into the whole seatbelt thing. I'm good, though. I've, I've seen the hills ahead. I'm good. And Jesus is going, no, it doesn't work that way. 
when you step into the roller coaster of faith, when you put your life in my hands, then you got to do it my way. Seatbelt on, lap bar down. That's the only way to ride. And I think some of us, God has been, this is an obedience issue. And God's been speaking to some of us saying, listen, I want you to get in a connection group and we've not done it. Or I want you to lead a connection group and we've not done it. Some of us, it's a serving thing. And we felt God speaking to us that we need to be a part of the hospitality team to create the friendliest church in America environment here. That we're supposed to be an usher or a greeter or to join, join the setup crew at 7 a.m. And you know God's been tugging on your heart going, man, i got a strong back. I can help out. What's up? But you haven't done it. Or working with the kids ministry. And some of you know you're great with kids and you could be a small group leader with our children. Do you realize we have over 160 kids in our church on a Sunday morning now? We need you. We need small group leaders. And God's been speaking to your heart. And some of us, we need to email Pastor Josh, our kids pastor, this week and say, Josh, forgive me for holding out. But I want you to know I'm in. Some of us, it's tithing. We said, no, no, you know what? The roller kisser thing, I got it. But God, I don't really need your seatbelt financially. I'm good. And Jesus says, no, you can't take the ride that way. You got to be all in. You got to be all in. You got to trust me all the way all the way. So what is it? Are you holding out with one foot on the platform and one foot in the car? Or are you in the car, but you've been trying to ride the roller coaster your way instead of doing it the way Jesus says in his word that we're supposed to live out our faith? Either way, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you right now. If that's you. Can we bow our heads across this place? God, every heart, every person, Lord, who's listening right now or watching right now on the internet, Lord Jesus, I pray, God, that in the stillness of this moment, that you would just just crack us open, Lord Jesus. God, for the persons, for sons who've been holding out on you, Lord, in this moment, we just lay it all out and we say, God, 100%, I'm all in. I'm not going to hold out any longer. I'm not going to hold out any longer. I'm going to be all in with what you're doing, God, with your move on the earth, Jesus. I want to be all in. Father, for the person who's listening or watching or is here today, God, who's, who's looking at their life and is saying, I know that I've been trying to ride the roller coaster of faith my way instead of God's way. Lord Jesus, I pray right now, God, that you would touch them. Lord Jesus, we, we just, we commit to obey. God, give us courage, Lord, to step across that line and obey like never before, Jesus. God, we want to honor you, Lord. We know that the most heroic thing we can do is to be all in. That that's what it means to be a hero. And every one of us have the ability to do just that. So, Lord, I thank you, God, for the work that you're doing in our hearts right now in this moment. In Jesus' name.